You are listening to the Happier at Work podcast, and I'm your host, Aoife O'Brien. This is the podcast for HR and business leaders. We talk about things like leadership, well-being at work, diversity and inclusion, and the future of work. There's a reason our company is called Balance by Nature. When we have all these stressful, crazy moments in our day, the only way to bring that to equilibrium, to balance, is by giving yourself enough of those nurturing, quiet moments to balance it out. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Happier at Work podcast. I'm delighted to have my guest today talking about all things well-being at work. We touch on various different topics, the great resignation, workplace culture, but primarily the focus is on well-being and the importance of our own well-being when it comes to work. Nicole Mixdorf is the Chief Wellness Officer of Balance by Nature and was awarded as the most influential woman in Corporate Wellness Services USA in 2021 and in 2020. She was recently awarded as a top 100 healthcare leader in the world 2020 to 2021 and as a top 10 successful business leader revamping the future 2021. Nicole is a motivational leader who inspires people to step into their best lives. She spent over a decade working her way up the corporate ladder in a global firm until she experienced the debilitating health effects of a stressful work environment. And we do touch briefly on that and what spurred her into creating this great company that she has founded. Um, After healing her body, she launched Balance by Nature, an award-winning employee wellness company that offers mental health, fitness, nutrition, personal development and team building programs to inspire busy professionals to create more balance in their lives and thrive. Additionally, Nicole has been teaching yoga, meditation, breath work and growth mindset for over 15 years and has often found dazzling crowds with her infectious positivity and passion for personal growth. And that certainly comes through in the podcast today. As always, I will do a synopsis of some of the key points that we cover during the podcast at the end. Uh, I've recently received some feedback to say that that is one of this person who told me the feedback. It's one of their favorite parts of the podcast. I'm not aware of anyone else doing it. And I do love getting feedback like that. So, so I really, really appreciate that. Thank you so much. I'd love to know what you think of today's episode. Feel free to tag me on social media. You'll find me mostly on LinkedIn, Aoife O'Brien. A-O-I-F-E is how you spell Aoife. And also on Instagram, happieratwork.ie. Welcome, Nicole, to the Happier at Work podcast. I'm absolutely delighted to have you join me today as my guest. Would you like to introduce listeners to you a little bit about your background and how you ended up where you are today? Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here with you. Um, So I'm the Chief Wellness Officer at Balance by Nature, which is an award-winning corporate wellness company. And I have the amazing job of helping people feel good all day. Um, I got into this because on the I used to be on the other side. I used to be one of those stressed out executives burning the candle from both sides in the corporate world, working my way up the ladder. And I did that for a long time until my I had too much stress happening in my life between the stress from work and the stress from my dad getting sick with cancer. And all of a sudden, all that stress kind of hit me from all sides and started making me physically sick. And, you know, when you don't feel good, it makes everything in your life just so much harder. And I didn't know how to slow down at the time. So I just kept on going and trying to, you know, hope the problem would go away. And it just really didn't. And eventually I was kind of forced to take some time off work to heal my body. And as soon as I removed myself from a big source of stress and started focusing on my own self-care, guess what happened? My symptoms just disappeared. And that was a huge light bulb moment for me where I realized that you can have the healthy lifestyle of, you know, exercise and eating well, but if you have all this stress in your life, none of the rest even matters. So that's kind of what inspired me to leave my corporate career behind and start a wellness business so that I could help other busy professionals learn how to create meaningful balance in their lives so they can still keep doing what they love and, and performing at a high level, but in a more sustainable 
sustainable way that's going to allow them to thrive in the process. Yeah, I love that approach, Nicole. And I think your story is very relatable, uh, especially this idea that you need to keep pushing through. Let's ignore the symptoms as they're happening. Let's yes. just plow on. Uh, I don't know, is it a specific corporate mentality where you just think, I have a job to do, this is what I'm being paid to do. But miraculously, when you remove that source of stress, you yeah. know, you feel really good. So I think yeah. that's it's a really, really great place. Um, it's a really great place for us to start is, you know, what what does that actually look like? So if if someone wants to remove that source of stress, but without actually leaving their job, what does that look like? Yeah. You know, I think one of the biggest things is that when you are facing a, a challenge in your life, a, a health challenge, let's say you're feeling overwhelmed at work, some you have to change something in order to have a different result. You know, somebody told me a long time ago, if you keep doing what you've always done, you're only going to get what you've already got. Yeah, right? yeah. So if, if you are recognizing that your situation is not sustainable right now. You have to be willing to do something to change and ideally do it before you're forced to do it, you know? And that's the hard part because like I said, I don't think I knew what to do at the time. I didn't know really how to slow down and I didn't have a guide to kind of help me figure out how to rearrange my, my routine every day so that I could find that balance. And unfortunately that just led me to just keep going down this path where, you know, I stayed in the unsustainable situation until it just got so bad. I had no other choice, but I was forced to take a leave of absence from work and you don't want to have to do that, you know, Mm. yourself. It's not good for you. It's not good for the business, obviously. Right. So I think, you know, that mentality of just pushing through it, a big part of that is like society in general. Mm-hmm. I think that part of that comes from the corporate culture that you're in specifically, at least it was the, where I was um, at the time. And then part of it is just that education piece too. And then the resources, you know, I didn't really have access to resources to help me handle stress so well at the time um, and, and really figure out what I needed to do. So I think those were the things that kind of led me down that road of just going and hope it goes away right yeah yeah yeah. I was gonna say exactly that that no one teaches us these things and if you find yourself in a situation and you don't know what to do you just tend to stay stuck there I think and because you don't know what resources you have at your disposal who who can you reach out to or what can you look up online um and I think it you know, on the one hand, yes, that is the case. On the other hand, I what I can see happening in the marketplace at the moment is so many wellness providers teaching companies and, and working with organizations to create these more sustainable environments for want of a better word, I think. I suppose that there's two sides to it. It's making sure that you're getting access to those right people so that you can educate them about what's going on. So that they know that these resources are available to them. And, you know, what, what are the biggest things that you see in your, in your business, you know, when you're working with clients, what are the biggest causes of stress that you see at the moment? Well, I mean, the largest one right now by a landslide is the pandemic. I can guess. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's for so many reasons for so many people, right? Everybody is suffering right now in one way or another. And that's just the reality of it. You know, we've had, uh, this has gone on for so long. A lot of people get a lot of anxiety just about the uncertainty that's happening, about Mm -hmm. not knowing, you know, what's going to happen or, you know, where this is going to take me. There's a lot of fear that's coming up for a lot of people about being out in public and am I going to get sick? And what about my children? And then on the other hand, we've also had for a long time, these parents that have been trying to juggle, how do I work from home while also trying to supervise distant learning with my children, which was such a disaster. I mean, I started the pandemic. I started the pandemic with a virtual kindergartner. Can you imagine? Literally like (laughs) the most unnatural thing in the world. 
Um, and that was really challenging. And then on the flip side, you have other employees that live alone that were really acutely feeling that isolation um, that came from it. You know, there's been social unrest, you know, all over the world. There's been, you know, all kinds of different, really major issues, you know, really heated, toxic political climates all over the place, you know, just a lot happening. And you all you have to do is turn on the news for a second and we're living in the stress response, right? Because it's just, you know, fear, fear, fear coming all over the place. And so I think all of those things, and that's on top of normal stress, right? Which is like, you know, issues with your relationships or, you know, financial worries Mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever else you have going on in your personal life. Um, So it's just a really intense time. And that's really what I'm finding. And and when I'm talking to my clients and working with the employees, that's what I'm hearing is that they're all really stretched in right now. Everybody is feeling really overwhelmed and they need somewhere to turn. So I'm probably receiving now more than ever the most positive feedback I've ever heard from clients, from employees. You know, usually they they take the programs, they're they're excited, they might say thank you, but like that's kind of it. But now like people are reaching out proactively, really thanking us, you know, for being able to help them and give them practical real tools that they can use to feel better. Yeah. What it's all about. Yeah, it sounds kind of like well-being at work has gone from this tick box exercise that companies think, oh, we should do a well-being program to this. This is the basic necessity at work right now is we really need to support the well-being of our staff in in every aspect that that means, be that the financial well-being that you were talking about. And um, actually something came to mind. I was I was uh, on a judging panel for an awards recently and one of the candidates, one of the competitors that really stood out for me was the one that addressed absolutely every aspect that you can think of to do with well-being. So it wasn't yeah. just the physical side of things. It wasn't just mental. It was all encompassing every aspect that you can think of in ways that you can support your employees. But not only that, they actually actively promoted it. So it wasn't just like, oh, we sent a newsletter to let people know that they now have access to this. It was like, no, and we tell them this is what you have access to. And we look then at the results and we look at the improvements. We look at the who, not who has accessed what, but like what percentage has been accessed versus, you know, and being able to look at all that. I'm a total day research yeah. in case you hadn't realized. So I, you know, I was really impressed with all of this, all of these stats that they were able to share. It was really around this shift in mentality from it's a tick box exercise to, no, this is fundamental to doing business. We need to really look after our people. Before we hit the record button, we spoke about one of the big challenges now globally is this return to the office, whatever that means and means different things in different places. And certainly in Ireland, people are starting to go back into the office and, and it's this sense. And, and, and again, we, we spoke, we touched on this point before we started recording of whether or not you have a choice as to whether you go back to the office or not. You know, who actually gets to decide? Are you being forced back to the office? Or do you get to decide that you can work from home for a few days in sort of a hybrid type of model? And um, what what are you seeing with your clients? Yeah, you know, I'm in Los Angeles and in California, we have probably had some of the strictest, um, you know, mask mandates and just everything compared to the rest of the country and, okay, and probably yeah. even the world, I would imagine. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's a little bit different where I'm sitting, at, you know, compared to where a lot of people are, but most of my clients are not back in the office yet. They yeah. had planned to go back and all those dates just keep getting pushed, getting pushed, yeah. getting pushed. You know, there are some people that definitely are starting to come back. Um, They're offering it as optional, right? But all the conversations I'm having with the senior leadership is basically what is our strategy, you know, and how does that connect with our culture? And that's really a big, important piece of it, too. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, because it's like they've they've a lot of them have these beautiful offices and now nobody is sitting in them. They want to collaborate, but is it safe to do that? And so it's really challenging because this pandemic didn't come with a rule book, right? There's no handbook that mm-hmm. tells, you know, an organization the right way of doing it. So I think part of that really is leaning on that culture. You know, a lot of cl- the clients that I work with already had a very strong corporate culture where, you know, many of them even already offered a lot of flexibility to their staff. You know, a lot of um, organizations, especially like my tech clients that I work with, um, you know, they're known obviously to, to be a lot more progressive with their thinking and culture and benefits. You know, a lot of them already had policies in place that said, you know, work where you want, when you want, yeah. uh, you know, as long as your work gets done. And those were the types of organizations that also offered unlimited, you know, time off for people, as long as your work gets done. Now that's very, very, you know, progressive on the edge. Um, other organizations, you know, they don't have a choice really because of the physical, aspect of their work, they have to be there. You know, they can't just sit at, they're not just sitting at a computer, you know, if you're in manufacturing or whatever that you're doing, you have to physically be there. So I think there's a lot of different areas um, and different ways of doing it. But I think the organizations that are going to thrive through, through this process are the ones that are really keeping their finger on the pulse about how their employees are feeling, really connecting with them about what their needs are, about what it is that they want in terms of coming back to work, in terms of, you know, what um, well-being support they need so they can feel good as they do their work and stay healthy, et cetera. You know, those organizations are going to come across to their employees showing them that they care, showing them, helping them feel appreciated. And that's going to help them through this time of really high turnover that's happening all over the place in the market. You brought up some really valuable points there. And I just want to kind of reiterate those. One of them is about the organizations that are going to thrive. And it's all about really asking your employees, but also listening to what it is that they say, what it is that they're looking for. And if they're saying that they want this flexible uh, remote style of working, then you know, don't ask them if you can't give that to them. But if you can give that to them, then what's stopping you? And aligning the culture with the overall business strategy so that the people culture is the same, or sorry, the people strategy is the same as the overall, or it feeds into the overall corporate strategy that they have. Uh, I love this idea of showing that they care and showing that employees are appreciated. And sometimes that's just a simple thank you. Thank you for doing your job. Thank you for going above and beyond. Uh, You know, it could be another form of recognition as well. So, you know, and we kind of started talking about this idea of the returning to the office and what that might actually look like. And I know it is going to be different in, in different places. What do you see as the barriers to making that happen? Yeah, to allowing them or to the policies, you mean? Yeah, it's a, yeah the policies or something, you know, there, there might be something with the leadership where the leadership are saying, no, we want to have people back in the office so that we can see what they're doing. You know, there, I feel like there's still a little element of that mentality going around. However... I also recognize that that might not be the case with the kind of people who would hire you to begin with, because if they're hiring you, they're presumably they're forward thinking, they're these progressive type of companies. So maybe you're you you don't kind of you're not seeing that. Or I don't know whether you're hearing anecdotally that that exists. Yeah, I mean, it, I do, right? Because I talk to, when I do these programs with the for the clients, I'm working directly with the employees often. Yeah. So I get the opportunity to talk to them. You know, every time I do a presentation, I always do a lot of polls. I always gather a lot of feedback, ask a lot yeah. of questions as I go along, have them share stories with me. So I really get an opportunity to hear a lot from the employees and how they're feeling. And, 
you know, and it's hard. It's really hard, especially for the ones that have had to go back and they had to do it. I have several that had to go back at the beginning of the pandemic just because of the nature of their job. It, yeah. It's a, it's an in-person kind of thing. Like you yeah. can't do it remotely. And there was a lot of anxiety coming yeah. from those, those people, you know, they were worried every single day and it wasn't even just for them. It was because they have an elderly mother who's kind of sick. And so they were really worried about, you know, bringing, um, exposing, you know, other family members to things and how do I stay safe? And, you know, our need for safety and our need for security is one of the, the most intrinsic, basic human needs that we have that started from the moment that we were born. And when we don't feel safe, it literally just rocks everything in our life. And it leaves us feeling very, very disconnected, very, un, you know, um, kind of unhinged in a lot of ways. Right. And so when we don't feel safe, you know, so much of our mental energy is, is being spent, you know, trying to figure out that problem. And when it's not a problem that you have a lot of control over, yeah. You know, that is when it can really take you down that spiral, downward spiral into, you know, anxiety and panic attacks and, you know, lots of fear based, you know, thinking and behaviors. And, and it starts impacting every aspect of your life. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's funny one, because I, I feel like that's come up a lot during the pandemic um, and certainly in conversations that I've had with this idea of this, you know, the circle of control versus the circle of influence versus like anything outside of that is completely beyond your control. So don't even try to go there. Now you can expand your circle of control. You can expand the things that you control, but there's so much that you can't control. And, and, not to be dismissive of people's fears, but if you can't control something, then it's you need to kind of let that go. You need to focus on the things that you can control. You can control how you respond to these types of situations. You can't control how other people are going to behave. You can't control what the government does and what the government mandates. And, you know, you can't control all of these kind of external rules and regulations that are that some people feel are being a little bit forced. But think about like, what is it like? What can I take control of? What can I take responsibility for? I can take control of my own health. I can go outside for a walk and get out to nature, like all of these wonderful things. So it is, I think that that idea of what you can control and what you can't control is is kind of it's really crucial for for being able to manage that type of anxiety that you get when something like this happens. Absolutely. And, you know, one thing that I have just been so surprised about, and I shouldn't be surprised, but I am, is why are people not talking about how to boost your own immunity right now? You know, we're talking about vaccines and we're talking about trying to have fine treatments and all this, but how about how to stay healthy so yeah. that you can best, you know, show up and, and not get sick in the first place. And no one is talking about that. And that's something that, you know, is so vitally important because there's four main things that help us boost our own immunity. The first thing is exercise. You have to move your body. And so many people during this pandemic have slowed that down. You yeah. know, they're not moving as much. We're not going as many places. We're in front of our chairs, you know, zooming all day back to back. So even the little like get up and walk around breaks aren't happening. So yeah. that's a big issue that needs to be addressed. The second thing is nutrition. And that is probably actually the most important piece of it, right? Because every single thing that we eat is either your greatest medicine or your worst poison that you can yeah. put in your body. And there are specific foods that have really strong antiviral properties. There are specific foods that are amazing for boosting your immune system. And there's certain foods that are really going to make you a lot worse in this process. So getting some education about having that proper nutrition right now is really important. And then the third thing is sleep. People don't realize that our immune systems rebuild themselves while we're sleeping. And so, you know, I'm hearing over and over from so many people that sleep has been really affected during mm. this time. And that's a huge problem. 
down. So even if you can just try to set, go to sleep 30 minutes earlier, something like that, or start 15 minute increments and just try to go to bed a little bit, a little bit sooner. Maybe it means, you know, getting a new pillow or maybe it means getting a new mattress, something so that you can have a better sleep environment. That's going to go a long way toward improving your health. And then the final thing is reducing stress because when we are under stress, when our stress response is activated, right, that lowers our immune response, Mm. right? It starts lowering every aspect of our health that's not essential, right, for running or fighting your way out of a situation, that fight or flight response, right? So it shuts down the digestive system, the immune system, the reproductive system, the growth process, et cetera. So when we're stressed, that's actually lowering our ability to fight off illness. So having ways like practical ways to let some of that stress go, finding ways to create more balance in your life and in the way that you structure your day. So you can give yourself enough of those, you know, joyful or mindful moments to balance out the stress is more important now than it's ever been. For anyone listening to the podcast in real time, you will be excited to hear that I have two webinars coming up all about imposter syndrome. The webinar is called Three Steps to Overcoming Imposter Syndrome. And the first webinar is happening on Wednesday, the 27th of October, 2021 at 4.30 p.m. That's Dublin time. And the second webinar is happening at 1 p.m. Dublin time on Wednesday, the 3rd of November. You will find more details about both of these webinars at impostorsyndrome.ie forward slash webinar. And I hope to see you there. Do you have any specific tips? There's kind of one more topic I'd love to touch on that we we very briefly mentioned earlier, um, but do you have any specific tips before we get to that on reducing stress, creating more balance? And I'll, I'll just uh, reiterate for the purposes of the podcast, this term balance has come up several times and so many people have their own interpretation of it. I put a poll on LinkedIn and most people said, yeah, happy to call it work-life balance, but other people call it work-life integration, work-life harmony. Uh, what else was it? Work-life fit. And then there was just to like, take the work out of it. It's just yeah. life. It's just your yeah. own life and life yes. harmony and life balance. And yes. um, yeah, I just wanted to to call that out because I, it's always a really great hot topic and debate and um I am contributing to a magazine at the moment all about this concept of balance. And again, I wanted to highlight that, that people have different perceptions and this just using the word balance, it sounds like a balancing act and you're trying to balance everything. And it's, you know, and usually you're complaining that you don't have balance because you're working too hard or or whatever. But do you have any sort of practical tips that you can share that people can introduce into their day-to-day lives? Absolutely. So, I am all about balance. There's a reason our company is called Balance by Nature because it's all about bringing your life back into the natural balance that we're designed for ourselves to have. Yeah, yeah. So I really think that when we have all these stressful, crazy moments in our day, the only way to bring that to equilibrium, to balance, is by giving yourself enough of those nurturing, quiet moments to balance it out. So start by conquering your morning. That is the most important thing that you can do because how you start your morning, how you feel, I'll replace that word, how you feel in the morning sets the tone for your day. And that basically sets the tone for your entire life experience. So if you start your morning stressed out because you're running late, you're trying to do too much, you turn on, you look at your phone first thing in the morning and you're already like, oh my gosh, all these people and there's so many emails and you're, or you turn on the news, you're starting your day in the stress response. And that is setting the tone for a very stressful day. And we don't need that. And the truth is is that we are giving, giving, giving our energy away all day long. We give to our partners, we give to our children, we give to our colleagues, we give to our clients. We're just giving, giving. And if we don't give to ourselves first, that is going to leave us feeling really depleted. So find a way to take a 
15 minutes in the morning. And if you need to start with five minutes, start with five minutes, but just do something that feels good to you so that you can give to yourself first. Now that can look very different depending on what your interests are, right? I wake up in the morning and the first thing I do is I just think of five things I'm grateful for. Thank you for this warm bed I get to sleep in. Thank you for the roof over my head. Thank you for the clean, hot water coming out of my shower, right? It's like the little things that really aren't so little that like people Mm. all over the world really don't have. Amazing, right? So I think of that because that sets me in a good mood. I leave my yoga mat out on the ground next to my bed and I just roll out of my bed and I take only five minutes to just move and stretch a little bit of my body because I've been lying in this prone position all night. So it just feels good to stretch a bit. You know, I might sit there and do like a few minutes of deep breathing. You know, I have a prayer practice I might do for a couple of minutes in the morning. Um, I've got some inspirational card decks. I love pulling an inspirational card in the morning just to set like an intention for myself. Um, If I have time, I love going for a walk in the morning. You know, it just depends if I have time or if I don't have time for that. But, you know, I try to give myself at least, you know, 10, 15 minutes to do something that feels good to me in the morning. I will turn my whole morning routine into a self-care practice because it doesn't take extra time. So what I mean by that is I'll turn on like my favorite music while I'm in the shower, something that's going to like lift me up and get me excited. I love using all my senses in the morning. So I'm big into essential oils and I'll take like an oil, like peppermint, if I'm tired, because that wakes you up or like a citrus oil, like, like um, orange or lemon is very um, uplifting to the mood. And what I'll do is I just put a few drops at the, at the outer edges of my shower before I turn the water on. And then when you turn the water on, it basically turns your shower into a giant diffuser so that you're just smelling these aromas, you know, while you're, while you're taking a shower and it's uplifting your mood without even trying. So I'm listening to my music. I'm smelling this amazing, you know, these oils. And I'm thinking through like all the positive affirmations that I have that I really want to drill into my head, you know, for that day. Right. When I'm getting when I'm getting dressed, when I'm doing my hair, when I'm getting doing my makeup, I will listen to either an inspirational podcast or a motivational speech. You can find tons of them on like YouTube um, or a chapter from a book, an audio book. So I try to listen to something while, you know, something uplifting, something inspiring while I'm getting ready in the morning. Right. And even if I just do those few little things in the morning, it makes me feel so much different. I can tell when I've done my morning practice and when I haven't, when I do my morning practice, I'm a lot more grounded in my day and things just bounce off of me so much easier. I find that I'm a lot more patient. Um, when I skip my morning practice, you know, my kids might hit my buttons and yeah, yeah. You know, like I lose my patience and, and things get to me and bother me so much more in the day when I don't do it. So I, I can feel the difference for myself yeah. when I do something or not. So that is the place to start. And then I, I really try to teach people how to just do incorporate like micro moments of well-being into their day, because I think one of the biggest challenges that people have is that they feel that they don't have time to take care of themselves. I don't have time for this. And it's this time issue. And yeah. if we can make something small and bite-sized so that it feels possible, then all of a sudden now, now we're getting somewhere. So yeah. maybe it's just, you know, doing a walking meeting. I'm doing a lot of these. And that's a big thing that I can share with your group is that if you are, you know, instead of sitting in front of Zoom, if you don't have to present that day, or if you don't have to share something on the screen, why don't you say to the other person, hey, do you want to take a walking meeting with me? where we both go for a walk outside and have the same conversation because then we, we made that productive time. I didn't have to fit a walk into my day and find the time I had a meeting. So it was work time, but we both got outside. And when I make that suggestion, everybody always loves it. They're like, Oh, this is the best suggestion I've ever heard. Right. It is. It's such a nice idea. Yeah. 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 And I've even had people say to me, do you mind if we have a phone call instead because I, that they wanted to go out for a walk and get their walk in? Um, I mean, 
Nicole, you've really inspired me with that because I am struggling with my like, oh, what should I, you know, I know I need a morning routine, but I'm like, what should I do? And I have essential oils, but I don't use them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have my yoga mat. Uh, I have my my gratitude five minute journal. Mm-hmm. You know, I just don't use them. So you've inspired me now. Tomorrow morning, I'm getting up and I'm not checking my phone because I that is what I do is I reach for the phone. I yes. see what notifications I've had. Now, I don't don't get angry or annoyed it's usually good right. stuff that I'm looking right. at and I feel energized but right. still you know to, to really set the tone for the day I think that's a really nice idea I love this idea of the micro moments and just building those short times I'm a huge advocate for not having back-to-back meetings so not having like a one-hour meeting followed by a one-hour meeting it's a 45-minute meeting or a 50-minute meeting and yeah. you have your little break then This concept of no time is universal and I'm not going to be like, you know, the preacher of this because I'm just, and I I hate using the word guilty because that means, like, you know, but I am just as guilty as the next person for this. However, what I will say is a reframe of I have no time is I'm not prioritizing that right now. You know, it's it's not about, we all have the same amount of time. And and interestingly, one of the podcast episodes from a few episodes ago was all about this time, this this concept of time, our relationship with time, Mm -hmm. which I think is fundamental to how we live our lives. Are you looking at the past? Are you focused on the present? Are you looking into the future? Are you positive? Are you negative about, about the experiences that you have? All of this kind of, like, it's so, so interesting how you approach the, the way you use time and how you estimate the amount of time things are going to take all of this kind of stuff so so interesting but just that simple reframe I think to um it's not about I have no time it's I'm not prioritizing that and if you shift it in your mind to I'm not prioritizing that I'm like wait a minute why am I not prioritizing that exactly why it's am because- I not prioritizing myself and my health Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think it's because we don't think it's as important. Yeah. And that's the thing that's, that's wild. It's like, we're prioritizing our work over our own well-being. Yeah, exactly. And that's what yeah. I see happen all the time. And yes, your work is important. It is, but you are more important than your work. And I will tell you from my own experience of having been very, very ill when you are sick because it went way too far down the road. Um, you, you, your work, you can't give a hundred percent, right? You have to give to yourself. So it's reframing also, you know, and asking that question, like you said, well, why am I not prioritizing myself? Yeah. You know, is there something there that resistance of not wanting to take care of myself, right? So you have to kind of get a little curious about that and then make a decision that I'm worth it. I am worthy of this and I need this. And prioritizing that 15 minutes in the morning is going to give me so much more than anything else I could be doing. It's like, it's putting me ahead rather than being behind and, you know, all day long, right? It makes a huge, huge difference. So it's really deciding what's important to you and prioritizing yourself. But I think the reason people don't do it is because there are some blocks that people have about not feeling worthy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I picked up on that and I, and I jotted down the word worthiness. Now that's probably a whole different podcast episode in itself Uh and it's getting very (laughs) deep and I'm realizing we're kind of getting towards the end of our time. Um, but it is, it is such an interesting concept. So maybe it's something, you know, food for thought for, for people just to question, like, am I, if I'm not prioritizing myself, what does that say about myself and, and my kind of uh, subconscious beliefs or my blockers or whatever that might be? But um, yeah, really, really interesting point there. The, the point that I did want to come back to before we finish up is this, the idea that we touched on very briefly is the great resignation. So what's going on and what do you see as the driver of that? And, and do you see that happening in the companies that you're working with? And I suppose, what are, what are people on the ground actually saying? Yeah. You know, I mean, I think it's happening everywhere, definitely. Um, and it's, I think people 
people are feeling a little bit more empowered now. I think at the beginning of the pandemic, everybody was just doing their best to just hunker down and hold on, you know, and hope that their job was still going to be there. Right. So I think there was, there wasn't a lot of movement at the very beginning of the pandemic. I think there were a lot of people that were getting laid off, obviously, um, because the company was in, you know, was, was having financial issues, et cetera. But now that organizations have kind of seen their way through and there's a lot more stability, you know, employees are now feeling more empowered to look at that and go, Hmm, wait a minute. Is this aligned? with does this organization are their values aligned with my own values are they actually yeah. walking the talk of their values now yeah. are they providing me the flexibility and the support that i really need to do my best work and if the answer is yes you're going to have really engaged employees that are happy and loyal and, and innovative and doing their best work but if the answer is no then there's a disconnect there right and then you're going to have people leaving and moving to competitors that are willing to offer them that. So those are things to really consider. And I think for every leader, they need to look at what their turnover rates are right now and what's happening in the market. And, And the other thing about it too is that you keep reading how there's a lot of, it's an employee's market, but for some reason it's hard for these companies to hire the right people as well. So um, it's it's challenging. So I think for a, a business, they need to look at those numbers and go, okay, you know what, this is an issue we need to get ahead of yeah. rather than just being reactive to, you know, how can we proactively avoid losing our top talent? Because that's the worst thing that can happen to a business. You know, the number one asset a business has is their people um, for sure. You know, it's the biggest expense on, on the, on the budget, right. Is, is payroll. And so your yeah. people really are your number one asset. And if yeah. you can invest in their well being and, you know, create policies that help them feel supported and appreciated, um, you're going to really do well for yourself by maintaining that talent and attracting top talent as well. New talent to come into your business. Yeah, you're speaking my language now, Nicole, when you talk about things like the values being aligned and hiring the right talent. And is, you know, it's, it, it is disappointing to see that there are, that companies are, some companies are struggling to actually find the right people to begin with. And it is really about, to me, clearly defining what those values are and making sure that you get the right people in to the organization who are going to stay for the long term. Because exactly like you say, when you look at things like the turnover rate of employees and you know, I think the average is is about 15%, but then it can go up from that as well, depending on, you know, circumstances and things like that. Um, and the fact that the people are, the not only are they the number one asset and the number one, exactly like you said, on the bottom line, like they are the, the let's, let's, let's call it the, the number one investment a company makes are their people. But the trouble is when they lose people, it costs yes. them a lot more money to replace oh, them then. Yes, yes, 150% yeah. of their salary to replace yeah. them. Yeah. And that doesn't even take into account the loss of intellectual property when you exactly. lose people. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is it. And the relationships that they've built with their teammates and with their clients over time, all of that exactly. kind of stuff. Again, you know, we could talk about this all day. Um, I see it as a, a topic for a whole other day, a whole other podcast episode. But um, I've absolutely loved having you on the podcast today. Would you like to share with listeners what makes you happier at work? Oh, thank you so much. You know, the thing that makes me happiest at work is just being able to fulfill my purpose, right? Yeah. You know, the reason I started this business is because I want to inspire people. I want to help people, you know, shift their perception of what's possible for them, right? So that they can show up as their best self to work. But, you know, I'm lucky because I've followed that that passion and that dream. But I think it's so important for everybody, no matter what you're doing and where you are, is to find purpose in your work, right? In your day. And one of the things that I do is ask myself all day long, how can I bring more joy into this situation? I do that all day long. You know, if I'm going into a meeting, how can I bring more joy and intention of joy? 
into this conversation or into this project that I'm doing so that I can, you know, always be kind of feeling good. And I think that we can do that no matter where we are in our career, no matter what we're doing, we have a choice of how we're going to experience that day, that moment, whatever it is. I really like that approach of like, you you definitely have a choice and, and entering into any conversation with an intention and your intention is to create joy. Love that. Really, really love that approach. Um, Nicole, if people want to connect with you, if they want to reach out, if they want to find out more about what you do and what your company offers to uh, to other companies and how, how you can help them, what's the best way that people can do that? Yeah, so you can definitely find more information about us at balancebynature.com. And we're actually getting ready to launch a brand new app called Wellness Studio TV. I'm so excited about it. We're basically um, creating a holistic work-life balance and healing program. So it touches every aspect of well-being. You know, it's the physical health, the mental health, um, the emotional health, the spiritual health, the financial health, all of it kind of wrapped into one. So it's kind of like a combination of a virtual gym because there's live classes of all sorts of different kinds, but then there's meditation, there's cooking classes. We have a wellness speaker series, motivational talks. There's going to be a new podcast coming out. So it's all going to be on uh, TV apps, mobile apps, and Apple Watch fitness apps. A lot of really exciting stuff. So pretty soon, starting in January, when we launch, you'll be able to go into the app store and find our Balance by Nature app. But in the meantime, you can go to uh, balancebynature.com to get more information. I just appreciate the opportunity to be here and and to share with people. So thank you. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you so much, Nicole, for your time today. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. Thank you for inspiring me and hopefully inspiring listeners as well when they tune in to this episode. So really, really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. That was Nicole Mixdorf from Balance by Nature and we certainly covered a lot of ground in that conversation. And before I go on to create a synopsis of exactly what it was that we covered and some of the key points and some of the key takeaways and the action steps that you can take as a result of listening to this podcast, because I love to make things so practical, I wanted to let you know that I would love to know what you think of today's episode. And if you want to let me know what you think on social media, you will find me on Instagram, happieratwork.ie, or you will also find me on LinkedIn. They are the two main platforms that I am on. Uh, On LinkedIn, you'll find me Aoife O'Brien, A-O-I-F-E-O apostrophe B-R-I-E-N. Some of the key points that we covered, we started by talking about how the strategy connects with the culture in an organization and having that strong corporate culture of flexibility. And specifically within tech companies, they tend to be a little bit more progressive. The focus is now less on how much time you spend in the office and more about setting clear priorities and making sure as long as the work itself gets done. And on a later episode, we do go into a a bit more detail and on previous episodes as well around this idea of prioritization and really understanding what the expectations are in an organization, getting clear expectations, setting clear expectations for your team and really knowing what what exactly is the work that needs to be done? And if you don't know, you better ask what what really, really needs to be done. The organizations that are going to thrive are the ones that really get employees involved in their well-being initiatives and actually asking them. So providing that level of well-being support, showing they care, showing that employees are actually appreciated. We touched on the idea of the great resignation and people's need for safety and security at work. When we don't feel safe, it rocks everything. We also touched on this idea, some really practical steps around boosting your immune system. So the idea of getting exercise, and that's more about moving your body. And on, I know certainly on the, the previous episode, with Annette Cashel, we spoke about this idea of movement versus exercise. So the importance of just moving your body, nutrition, and this is the most important. And it's looking at food as medicine versus poison and then sleep. So if you're finding that you're not getting enough sleep, maybe try going to bed 30 minutes earlier, try getting a new pillow or a new mattress. 
And the fourth one then is to reduce stress. So when our stress is activated, our immunity is actually lowered. So it's finding ways to create more balance and mindful moments throughout the day, nurturing those quiet moments in your day. We spoke about conquering your morning and really setting the tone for the day by what it is that you do first thing in the morning. And I love this idea. And it's something that's been in my mind for a while to actually have a proper morning routine and an evening routine. I'm aware that the evening routine is nearly more important for setting you up for the morning. Typically, I do reach for my phone at the moment, and that is definitely something that I would like to address and giving myself time to do a bit of stretching, maybe some meditation in the morning um, and setting myself up for the day. Uh, Some ideas that we shared then is five to 15 minutes for yourself, practicing gratitude, doing some yoga or stretching, some breathing, using an inspirational card deck, going for a walk, listening to your favorite music, using essential oils or listening to some inspirational audio and taking that micro moments. So it's really in the tiniest of moments that you can make these changes throughout your day. And I think one of the complaints that a lot of people have is that they don't have time. And you will have heard this phrase before where if you don't have time to do a 10 minute meditation, then you need to meditate for an hour. You know, it's it's really putting the focus back on looking after yourself. We spoke then about time and prioritization, and sometimes we prioritize our work over our own well-being. We are all guilty of this, I think. And sometimes it is actually a form of resistance. So we're not wanting to take care of ourselves. This could be something to do with worthiness. And as we talked about, this, it's probably a conversation for a whole other podcast, that idea of worthiness and not feeling worthy. But just taking those 15 minutes in the morning for yourself can, can really help set you up for the day. We spoke about values alignment and Anyone who is a regular listener of the podcast knows how much I'm a huge believer in this idea of values and identifying whether leaders are walking the talk. So they're talking about all these great things they're doing, but are they actually living that? Creating happier work environments means that people are happier generally, that they're more loyal, that they're more innovative. And companies really should be looking at their turnover rates and understanding at the moment it really is an employee's market. So is there something that you can do to address the turnover rates or or is there an early indicator that there's a lot of people going to leave? And I know certainly through client conversations that I've had, it is a real concern. I did a a poll, a a few polls recently actually on LinkedIn and In one of them, 85% of people said that they were either had already left or were looking to leave their organization. And in another poll, there was, I think it was something like 75% of people weren't reaching their full potential at work. I mean, to me, those are really shocking statistics. The other thing we spoke about is the need to get ahead of this issue and treating people as the number one asset in a business. Sometimes from a financial perspective, the salaries are seen more as a cost rather than an asset to have within the business. And by losing people, and this is this is the key here, I think, when you lose people from an organization, it costs your company more to replace that person than it would to invest in trying to retain that person. And creating policies that empower employees, make them feel supported and appreciated and help them to fulfill their purpose. So finding purpose in your work, how can I bring more joy to this conversation and always be feeling good and and focusing on how you yourself are feeling, bringing it back to ourselves and and knowing that we always have a choice in how we approach things. So I'm going to wrap it up there for this week. As always, I would love to connect with people on social media. So if you want to reach out to me, really feel free to do that on Instagram. I am happier at work.ie. On LinkedIn, it's Aoife O'Brien, A-O-I-F-E-O-apostrophe-B-R-I-E-N. And I would love to connect with you there. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Happier at Work podcast. I'm delighted to have you here. If you enjoyed this podcast, I'd love if you could rate or review the podcast or share it with a friend. You'll find me on the website happieratwork.ie.